Hello and welcome back to Cheltenham Only Better. We have got a big week ahead. We are looking ahead at none less than the Gold Cup. So very much um, lots of horses, lots of excitement to be talking about. And also obviously a review of sort of the week um, we've just had. We've got, as usual, Daryl Carter and Jeremy Graff alongside. Once again, hope you guys are both in good form. And we also have special guests for the first time joining us. We've obviously had some nice guests, but this is obviously our first special guest outside of the Betfair Circle. Um, Charlie Davies, who is assistant to Paul Nichols, um, our very own Betfair trainer. Charlie, how are you? You must be in top form after what's been a good couple of weeks. Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah, no, we've had a great festive period. Um, plenty of winners, plenty of plenty of success. So in great form. We will go on to a couple of those in a minute. Um, Jerry, you must be pretty happy. Love Envoir won again. She's obviously a mare that you purchased for the Nolfeely Racing Club. Um, that must have sort of put an extra spring in your, in your step over the weekend. Yeah, definitely, Megan. Um I think a bit like similar kind of scenario with Marie's Rock. Like I think people are starting to realise how good these mares are and how lucky we are to have a nice bunch of mares around at the moment. Um, the likes of Marie's Rock, um, Love Envoy, um, the likes of Honeysuckle, Epiton. We're just very lucky. There's a, there's a strong programme for these fillies and mares at the moment and we're definitely reaping the rewards. Um, she was very good on Saturday, um, albeit it was only a listed race, but... It was just the way she's she's still progressing mentally, physically, everything. She's um, you know, she's very hard on herself at home as a youngster. She's starting to mature now, and she's uh, she's definitely going the right way, uh, and she's definitely um, she's a hopefully going to be forced to be reckoned with a Cheltenham again this year. Yes, yeah, shortened from sevens into four to one for the mayor's hurdle. I'd be interested to know quickly before we go on to Daryl, but Jerry, Marie's Rock or La Probably a tough question for you. Yeah, tough question. Um, I suppose my one worry with Marie's Rock is that she can throw in. I know she's been very consistent and very good this season and last year, but she can just throw in an odd poor run, like every horse. Every horse is entitled to a bad, bad day. Um, I suppose Love Envoy's form is rock solid. She was second in a grade one last year. Marie's Rock won a grade one. Um, but no, hopefully um, it'll be tough. It'll be tough, um, tough answer, but hopefully both of them get there in, in one piece. Carol, have you caught your cat? It's not a cat, Meg. That's a dog. Oh, <laughs> wow! Yeah, that was my dog. She just started. Um, she just started hearing Jerry talk about um, <laughs> love envoy, and she just started having a moan. Um, no, no, yeah, sorry. I had to get her out. You just sort of ran over. I thought, oh, he's the cat trying to climb the little tree or something. You trying to wreck the place. <laughs> no, might as well have done. All action in your house anyway. Um, did you have any sort of good winners that you fancied over the weekend in particular? Absolutely not. I've had an absolute shocking week. And all I said, you look at that smile on your face. I can't believe that. <laughs> I actually, do you know why? Because that's the first time I think you've ever, you know, normally you come in, oh, great <laughs> week. All the tips came in once again, but for the first time ever, Daryl puts his hands up and said it's been a shocker. <laughs> yeah, I was at Wing Counter to do the boxes on Saturday and... Uh, Oh, I wanted the ground to swallow me up, Meg. I, I just nothing went my way at all. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's leave that week well behind. You d- you didn't tip Alexa Dunwee then, who was probably one worth highlighting from Wincanton. Yeah, no, I didn't, and uh, I'm a bit silly for not doing it really because 
like as we know, Charlie and I know as well, that wing counter just really suits front runners and it's just really set up for Alexa Denutz to go and ping out and just keep jumping away. And I didn't, I was slightly worried about the trip on the ground and um, I, I almost saw him as a two-miler. Now he's looking more of a two-and-a-half-miler as he's got a bit more maturer. Um, he's a nice horse. He's got a bit of back class about him as well. And, uh, yeah, it wouldn't be the biggest surprise now to see him feature at, feature at Cheltenham. He's got some good novice hurdle form back there, um, you know, a couple of years ago. I know he pulled up in the Grand Annual last year, but that was that was dire conditions there. Um, but uh, I just wonder if uh, if he needs a sort of a soft lead to, to be at his best. But uh, he's definitely more than capable uh, if getting that. Yeah, not not certain to get soft lead at Cheltenham, that's for sure. He's been introduced at 25-1 to 1 for the play handicap, so it'd be interesting to see if he turns up or not. Um, Charlie... We can't sort of have you here without asking you a qu- couple of questions about Tamaras, who was impressive in a sort of strange way. He obviously made a couple of fiddly errors, um, especially notably at the last couple of hurdles. Um, but you must be absolutely delighted. And I suppose any doubters he sort of brushed away. Yeah, I think any time you win a grade one, you can't be anything but delighted. We were up. Cobby said on the way and he was surprised he made those two little errors at the end. He's usually such a good jumper. But he, he said it, it was one of those ones where he, he didn't want to go down and sort of like send him down in case anything happened because even coming to two out, he felt like he had the race in the bag. So he said he just wanted to make sure he got from A to B um, and he, he could have been even more impressive. And, and when he just hits the front, he just pricked his ears and just had a good look at look at the sand downhill, which he's entitled to on only his third start over hurdles, but couldn't be happier with him. And all systems go, he'll go to Cheltenham now. Well, they he's an absolute balls. giant. Sorry, Sorry Daryl. Sorry, Yeah, Charlie... Go on, go on, go on, go on. We're getting mixed up again. I don't want to get told off again. He's an absolute giant and a a big, still maturing baby. So the fact that he did have a look around in front, for me, still isn't a surprise. And we've seen horses do it multiple times at Sandown. Um, So he's still obviously maturing with each race. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. He definitely is going to be a sort of horse who will improve with his racing. Um, Yeah, I, I just think whatever he does this year as well, like, don't get me wrong, winning a grade one is amazing and winning a Tollworth is brilliant. We couldn't ask for a better start to his novice hurdles. But whatever he does this year, he's going to be a, a two twice as better chaser next year. That's what we're really excited to see, you know. Hugh Darrell. Yeah, was he, uh, do you not think he was, was he a little bit tired coming down to the last two? Do you think in, that, in that, those testing conditions, or do you think it was genuinely inexperienced after the last where he's hung to the left and he's, he's sort of come, been straightened up to the, back to the centre? Do you think he was tired or do you think that was inexperienced? I, I'm going to go with inexperience. Um, Harry said on the way in, he, he won with plenty up his sleeve. If something had come to him, he could have gone on again. He's always been a horse that is never going to win and win by 10 lengths and be flashy. He's never been like that at home. He's always, he never, he never gritty goes in front. He always has a lead and stuff. And I think he just hit the front, pricked his ears and had a good look around and it was just an experience. Jerry, on um, Tamaras, from a jockey's obviously point of view, coming into the last two hurdles in very testing ground, on a novice especially, it looked to me as if Harry was sort of, he didn't commit to a really long one or take back for a really short one because it didn't look like there was really a stride there. At Sandown, like I say, in those conditions, it must be hard to know which way to do. So actually by leaving him alone, although he flattened hurdles, was probably the correct thing eventually. Yeah, you and I, I agree with all that, Megan, especially what you said about Sandown, whatever about two, like second last, last, any track, but Sandown, when you turn up, turn into the home straight at Sandown, you look up, you've got two hurdles in front of you, whatever the height of a standard hurdle is, they're nearly twice as big at Sandown because the ground is deep 
Um, you won, you know, if, if Harry had gone and fired around the two out and he jumped it well and kind of blundered the far side of it and landed out in his head, it would have been game over. You know, I thought, I just, I just think Harry Cobden in general at the moment is riding with so much confidence. Uh, I thought he's brilliant at taunting again on Monday. But I just do think when a jockey's riding with so much confidence like he is, you can like if that was a different jockey, they would have fired him down to the last probably because they thought, you know what, the race is in the balance here. I need to win the last to win. But Harry just riding with so much confidence, he popped it. Um, I did think it was interesting. Noel Feely compared the horse to Somerville, Somerville Boy. Um, obviously, a horse he knew very he knew very well. He won the same race on him. He was he was a very talented horse. Wasn't the most natural jumper. Uh, I do think Tamaris is a much better jumper than Somerville Boy. But like you said, he's a novice. He's learning. And um, I suppose one question I have for you, Charlie, is like at the start of the season. If I said to you, Tamaris, would you say he'd won a Grade One this this early in his career? Um, I thought he was a nice horse, and that bumper form from Wincanton uh, worked out really well. I think mm. the second and the third behind him that day went on to run really well at Aintree. I think they were third and second or something, you know. So we always thought he was a nice horse. We actually thought he'd probably be more of a, a two and a half mile horse. He surprised us with how much sort of pace he's shown over his, the minimum distance. I mean, at uh, Haydock, he showed all all sorts of class and pace. You know, he came there to the last on the bridle and, and really screwed yeah. away. That's the thing that surprised us the most. We never never doubted that he was a good horse. Just didn't anticipate that he'd show us this level of pace. Yeah, good. Charlie, in time, if you know, we, we hope that he typically, like a lot of the Paul Nichols was, do improve for, for fences. Do you think we could see him more? I'm saying it because it's Sandown, but Henry VIII or more like a Silly Isles where he's, you know, which trip do we see him over in time over fences? I think a lot of that will depend on probably how slick he is over his fences. But I think on good ground, on, on that sort of slightly better service, he's probably going to want two and a half. But a Henry VIII in that early season on Tingle Creek Day on soft ground, I could see that really suiting him. Um, I think we'll probably obviously start at two and, and let him sort of tell us which way he wants to go. One thing that everyone has been saying in regards to this horse is from Noel, Harry, yourself and dad, the speed he keeps showing and mm. the quicker he seems to be getting. I, th I think that's the, the thing that's shocking everyone. Actually, Scott Marshall, who rides him at home, I think he's also said he's shocked with how much speed he's developing still. So I guess he's still an un unknown quality at, at this stage. He's gone 10 to 1 from 33s for the Supreme and 10 to 1 for the Ballymore. Um, Hermes Allen, obviously, in the, uh, the Ballymore as well. So is it very likely that we can see Tamaris going for the Supreme? Yeah, I'd say it's very much likely that he'll go there. I know Paul says he reminds him a lot of his two previous winners in, in Nolan and Alfaroff. And um, I think to win a Supreme, you, you need to stay well. Um, the only chance I'd say is if he didn't would be if the ground was really lively and quite quick. But I'm sure Cheltenham won't let it become like that. They'll water enough to keep it on the on the slower side. So Slide I, eggs. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never, never happy. Never happy. <laughs> so I'd imagine we're um, and, and you know we we obviously like Hermes Elena a lot for that race. So if if we can try and keep them apart, we will. But I'd imagine he'll go for the Supreme definitely. Yeah, I know that Kelso was sort of a backup option. Uh, they've got a valuable race up there as well. So he's got a couple of choices, but Supreme obviously seems favourite. Um, on speed horses, uh, quick word, Daryl, appreciate it, is now 11-2 from 6-1 for the Arkle. Um, I'm not going to Jerry because he thinks probably that appreciate it basically ran in another point to point and no one can get near John Bond anyway. Um, but what did you think? I thought 
uh, he he was pretty slick and, and showed plenty of speed and class again myself. Yeah, he's a classy horse, isn't he? But I suppose Jerry's not far wrong, really, with the, with the opposition that he's been facing at the moment. Um, look, I think he's a stuffy horse. He's a big stuffy horse. I think Willie's just been trying to get a couple of runs into him, regardless of where where they are, who they're against, just to try and get him out uh, and get a spin into him. Paul Town has reported a couple of times that he's a little bit idle. He's having to make his own running at the moment, which is obviously not ideal. So he's probably not showing the best of himself at the moment. Um, look, look at look, look what he's what he's previously achieved. I know his supreme novice didn't work out. I think that looks that looks really dire now, but uh, he's still a class act, and uh, it, it'll be. I won't be able to judge him until he gets a, a real proper race under his belt, you know, and we can really see where he's at. Uh, but he's like you say, his jumping looks fine to me. Uh, the engine's still there, and uh, yeah, he's he's a live player, that's for sure. But do you think we're gonna get that proper battle, proper quality race into him before the festival? Yeah, I think they'll go to the Dublin Racing Festival with him. I can see Willie trying to put a couple of years against each other uh, in a two-mile novice race there. Probably El Fabiolo, appreciate it. Um, maybe even Dyside Dynamo as well and probably look at a bit of a pecking order there. You've got to remember he, he could probably move one or two of these up to uh, to the uh, turn instead of two and a half mile if he really wanted to to go that way with them. So, yeah, um, the thing with the Mullins Yard is it's, it's very hard to predict them and where their horse are going to go, but probably because they don't know themselves yet. They they basically use the first half of the season to sort, sort out the pecking order. Uh, and they're not afraid to run against each other. So I think the Dublin Race Festival will be very interesting for Appreciate. Um, Jerry, did, did he concern you at all? Not even a tiny bit? Like, I know we're on the, about the John Bond thing, but actually I love Appreciate. I love this horse. And I just think the main thing with this horse at the moment is that he's able to take his runs and he's backing him up. Obviously, he, he went into Chatham Festival when he won the Supreme and obviously hadn't had a run and stuff like that, or last year, Ch- Champion Hurdle. So he was obviously a hard horse to train in the past, but I think more importantly now, he's obviously putting a few runs together, which is a massive advantage. Um, but I, I just love to see this horse stepped up and trip. I'd love to see this horse run the Turners, the two and a half mile race. Um, I do think that pro- I'm only, we're, like I said, like Daryl said, we're only guessing, but I'd imagine Dyson Dynamo, he might stay two miles mm. in the two in the article. Uh, but I'd love to see Appreciate stepped up and trip. I really am a big fan of this horse. And if I was backing him at the moment, I'd be backing for the Turners as opposed to the Arkham. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm. We will hopefully learn more at the Dublin Festival, but I'm not convinced at the moment that they're going to be stepping up and trip. I, I Only because I think that he is probably the most reliable. Like you say, Dysat Dynamo, he's, he's a quirky horse. He probably won't take his racing quite so well. I don't know. I just think appreciate it seems a solid one towards the Arkham. But I'd just, be with you yeah. as well. I think he stays at two miles. Yeah. Yeah. For now, Jerry's only saying that to try and put them off. I know he's no because I just I just I want Dyson Dynamo to stay over two miles and he can just give John Bond a nice lead. I'll tell you what it is, Meg. Right, is the closer we get, right, every single week he gets a little bit more nervous about yeah. his bullish comments about John Bond. It's quite funny to, <laughs> to watch. Definitely. <laughs> one thing we know is. Don't get me wrong, it was by a total freak. But John Bond is beatable. I know, obviously, over hurdles, it was by Constitution Hill, but he's beatable. El Fabiola went so close to entry. I, 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 John, don't get me wrong, he's been perfect, but I'm not, I wouldn't be jumping on at the price he is at the moment because I just don't think we learn, we'll learn enough about the two mile division. Charlie, I'd be interested to know quickly what your thoughts are on Appreciate It and the article. I mean, are you a big John Bond fan? I have to say, I was there at Warwick when he made his debut and we ran one round the race. I couldn't believe the natural pace that John Bond has. He just 
Monroe is not a slow horse. He's a grade one juvenile. And he made, he just was taking lengths out of him effortlessly. He's got as much speed as I'd say I've seen in a novice for a long time. And I think he's going to, I'm, I have to say, I'm in Jerry's camp. I'd say he's going to take a lot of beating around Cheltenham on decent ground. See, Even though Monroe's been beaten since. You've finally got a sense yeah, of like, fun, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know what you mean about Monroe's got beat since, but effortlessly, and he's, his jumping's been been superb. And I don't know, appreciate it's one, two egg and spoon races, hasn't he? Hasn't so I don't know. He's going to have to show a higher level form for me to, to take on John Bond. Right, yeah, interesting. We'll be talking about the article in more depth again at some stage. Um, back to Ireland, Champ Keeley, seven to one now from sixteen to one, having won obviously at the highest level over the weekend. Jerry, do you think the form's good enough? Um, I suppose it's just it's just unfortunate again with the sun in Ireland the other day, and just with the, the the last hurdle being out again, last couple of hurdles. Just it's just kind of. Leaves a small bit of question mark, doesn't it? Um, obviously, what's called didn't turn up in the day, and I think he was found to be coughing and stuff post race. Grange Clare West. Um, I, I think the bay, the bare form of uh, Champ Kylie's form isn't probably strong enough, um, which I suppose he ditched people would love to hear as Hermes Allen's <laughs> favourite. Um, I still, I, I'm he still shortened not- his outfit, didn't he? After that, yeah, yeah he I'm shortened that half the weekend, yeah. I'm just very unsure about this race at the moment. Um, I didn't fancy Champ Kylie beforehand, and I I wouldn't be backing for Cheltenham at the moment. But I just I just still think this race is wide open. Um, I think it's very interesting where the Manier te- team are going to send Impair at pass the horse that won in Ireland, the Diamond Boy horse, where he goes two two and a half, and obviously you've got Gaelic War- Warrior as well. So I, I'm still all over the place with this race, and I don't have a strong opinion on it. But it's it's definitely not with Champ Kylie anyway. Daryl, you, you you got something to add to that? He's ruthless, isn't he? Um, what I would just say, right, is is this year's novices as a whole, as a crop, they're not topping the sort of ratings we'd expect um, around a one fifty mark. You, you're almost looking at around mid one forties at the moment. For me, uh, I am slightly warming to Hermes Allen because he 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 has he is the one that has put up that that marker. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Can you just say that again? <laughs> yeah. I am slightly warming to Hermes Allen. But the thing is, right, like this is like a school kid, like these shows and that and all your columns because you're showing you're working out. As long as you get to the right result on the day, it doesn't really matter. But um, he's the one that has put up put up the top marker. Now, I was expecting Grange Clare West to put in a really good showing in the Lords and Ace. And unfortunately, um, he was found coughing afterwards. Whether that's a viable excuse, I think it possibly is. I'd like to see him again, but he's a horse with limited experience and you just have to worry that all of his impressive performances have come on the back of long layoffs. He now needs to prove that he can back that back of performance up. So that's a slight concern with him. Uh, in terms of Champ Kylie, I think he is a horse that needs a lead. Uh, the reason being is because in that Royal Bond, he tanked and pulled his way right to the front at three out. As soon as he got to the front at three out, he settled in his hands beautifully. And, uh, and then he just he just exerted too much energy earlier in the race to be able to finish out the race, right? This time around, he's gone back to front running tactics, uh, and he's pulled nicely clear. Um, that would that would just concern me in in a Ballymore because he will need to get the lead. Um, Hermes Allen doesn't have that 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 trouble, you know. He can sit in just behind, and that's a big positive for him. Again, I will repeat it that the novices this year are just not up to that to that real level we used to it seeing every year. So. Uh, yes, I am warming to Hermes Allen. I'll say it again. 
can't believe it. Three times. Wow. Um, <laughs> Daryl, really quickly as well, um, we had a couple of sort of possible handicap uh, winners over the weekend, both actually Simon Muir and Isaac Swade. So O'Toole um, has been introduced at 20 to 1 for the plate handicap and also Hunter's Yarn, um, 10 to 1 for the Martin Pike and 14 to 1 for the Supreme. Uh, sorry, 10 to 1 from 14 to 1, sorry, and 33 to 1 from 66 to 1 for the Supreme. So um, price up, he's more likely to go for the Martin Pike. Um, but yeah, two Manier horses that were um, winners over the last couple of days. Either of them sort of impress you enough? Uh, O'Toole, not 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 so much. Uh, picking up a Mickey Mouse race uh, on Chase debut, it's uh, at Newcastle is not going to be enough. This this close to the festival for me. You sort of for the festival plate handicap, you sort of looking for a horse that's uh, a one fifty horse that's running off a mark of one forty, if you like. Um, and I think the favourite in that is already. Uh, home and hosed if you like uh hunter's yarn on the other hand he was pretty impressive he's a he's a strange horse to, to get handled on he was only one four on shot at uh nason his maiden hurdle win last time and uh he's absolutely bolted up but he's not beaten a hell of a lot at all there um so it's very difficult to get handled on he, he has been beaten when he's been put into competitive races against horses of his own level of ability so again he's another one i need sort of need to see again i wouldn't be touching him at the moment for a handicap He'd be more likely to go for a hand, you know, the Martin Price, yeah. for example, than the Supreme, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd, I'd right. think so, yeah. Right, well, that is kind of action from um, over the sort of weekend. Obviously, we have to move on to the Gold Cup. Um, all these horses are likely, or some of these horses are likely to be seen again. Um, but we'll start kind of at the top of the market for now. Galapanda Champ, 13 to 8, favourite as it stands. Um, Jerry, what are your thoughts on Galapan? Um, obviously, we have kind of touched on him previously, but are you, are you still happy? 13 to 8 favourite, he's worthy of that? Yeah, for sure. I'm a big, big fan of this horse. Uh, I think he's very solid. I know people are still kind of questioning whether he stays three miles two and stuff like that. And obviously, he's, he's ran over three miles. He hasn't gone that far yet in three miles too, but I just don't think it'll be a problem. Like I know we touched in the race kind of a couple of weeks ago, but I just loved his his seasonal debut. Um, I loved the way Paul Townend said he went out there and he he was happy to make the running. He was happy to take leads, and he ended up taking lead. He just settled so well. He jumped. He quickened up into his fences. He was quick away from his fences. Um, I just think he's he's just so solid. It'll be very. I presume we'll see him once more before uh, the festival. I presume he'll. He'll probably go to the Dublin Racing Festival, uh, but I just think he's a very exciting horse. He's he's only seven year old as well. He's still a young horse. He's mass. There's there's loads of improvement still to come from even physically. I think you know he's just being such a young horse. Uh, but I just think he's solid at thirteen to eight, and he's he's the horse I'd want to be on. I know if I'd pick. Yeah, I, I think um, the plan is to go to the Dublin Racing Festival with him. So we're likely to see him in a couple of weeks' time. Obviously, that will sort of confirm his path towards the Gold Cup. Um, Daryl, interestingly, Lompresse, 6-1, still second favourite at the moment, having been beaten, obviously, in the King George. A few rumours going around about whether he's possibly injured or not. Nothing still to be confirmed from that. Um, so, I mean, personally, I'm shocked that he's second favourite. What, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I think I mean, he was well beaten at Kempton by, by Brave Man's game. Um, I think, thought that was an afterthought, a little bit of an afterthought for them. Um, I wasn't entirely convinced about the uh, Newcastle rehearsal performance either. I know he's given away a lot of weight there, but 
he's a type of horse with a big long stride and if he's striding out against handicappers i think he'll be tough to beat no matter how much weight he's given them um look he was i think he's second favorite because he was good in the rsa um or the brown advisory in this last year he hit the line pretty hard that day he's proven over course and distance um and he's likely to get a bit of cut in the ground so he will back left-handed he will have everything in his favor so i can i can see why he's he's sort of towards the top of the market uh, in terms of galloping the champs i wouldn't touch 13 to 8 not not for me i mean you could back a yoke at lingfield this afternoon at 13 to 8 rather than wait <laughs> rather than wait nine weeks to get a 13 to 8 shot but the thing with galloping the champs is right you've got to remember he's not he's not come off the bridle i don't think since his punches town win over three miles now when he came off the bridle that day he clattered the last hurdle so He's gonna have. He's not gonna be able to win this on the bridle. He's gonna have to get down and dirty. And and I'm just slightly concerned about him when he's off the bridle. How how well he'll jump when he's really under pressure in a really truly run race, um, and something's upside him. You know that that's that's the questions for me. He hasn't asked answered yet. So that would be worried. And just Charlie, does he keep you up at night galloping the shops or not? I. We had this discussion in the car the other day. Me and Paul and Harry. We were saying like, out of all of them, he's probably the one. And I, I had to agree with what Jerry said earlier in, in the John Dirk, I think it was the fact that he relaxed and actually took a lead, I think is quite a big thing in, in his sort of, he was sort of blitzing away, wasn't he looking a bit free and jumping a bit free. I think the actual, it looked like Paul could actually ride a race on him a bit more this year. And, and that I think is a big bonus, but I, I have to say, I think 13 to eight is a silly price. I think he, he's not one over three miles in open company. Yeah. I, I think he needs to do that before I even think about 13 to eight. Yeah, he's not even run over three miles over fences yet, no. has he, either? So, no, you know, it's a big difference. Yeah, you know, look, you know, they, we can all say that it would be absolutely no problem for him, but until he does it, you know, it's still a question mark up in the air that a few exactly. of these have already answered. You know, for me, Brave Man's yeah. Game, I said last week on the show that he showed a different side to himself, to me, at Kempton. He hit that line pretty hard in the King George, and... You know, stamina's always been the slight question mark. A lot of people are knocking him, saying that uh, the trip and the, the stiff three-mile two is going to be an issue. There is absolutely, from a punter's perspective, there's absolutely no evidence for that. You know, and we, we kind of work on evidence. And you, it's the same people who said that Kempton wouldn't suit Paisley Park the other week, you know. And you can't just go out there and say that about Brave Man's game. It, it, for me, it's uh, it's unexposed. He might even be better of a stiff finish uh, over three-two, you know. Um, are you worried about the, the trip? Are you concerned about the, the stiff finish at Cheltenham? Is the track concerning you whatsoever? No, I no concerns about any of it, really. Um, but he's got a, he has got a stake three too. But as you say, he, he didn't look like he was stopping in the King George. He went past me fairly quickly. So, and I was still at the winning post. He wasn't stopping then. Um, he was still fresh afterwards, wasn't he, Charlie? You you ran up to him and he nearly did a U turn, dropped Harry. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he he didn't look like he left it all out there anyway. But. Uh, I don't think so and I have no issues with the track look when he he's a completely different horse to when he was a novice when he ran in that I think it was the, the Ballymore oh, yeah, the, yeah. yeah the Ballymore yeah it, back then he was he was quite free at home he, he was quite free in his races he was a bit buzzy and a bit you know now Harry puts him to sleep he relaxes his jumping is so good like it, I just think he'll he'll relax he'll he can travel with them he, he, he's got so much natural speed as well he'll be able to travel around in a gold cup in third gear you know and, and then jump from fence to fence. I, I just don't see the track, how that can be an issue. Um, but he's, he's like every single, basically nearly all of the horses in the, in the betting, they've all got to go and put it together over three mile, two round Cheltenham. Um, but I, I'm not scared of the track or the trip with that, him. Though. That's a huge asset, that high, the high cruising speed, isn't it? Um, not, yeah. not to like, I know, I know we've got you on and not to be all about brave man's game, but he does, tick, right. a lot of bo- he does tick a lot of boxes. Yeah. 
you know, you're right to be quite excited about him. Um, I personally think his main danger might be Statler um, for me. I think this horse, uh, I, I like the run at Tremor, seasonal return at Tremor. I thought the tight right-handed track was never really going to suit him. They went a right dawdle that day. He was given eight pounds to Manila Indo, who had the run of the race. Um, the way he won the, the the National Hunt Chase last year, I thought was really impressive. And uh, he'll have no trouble staying the trip, that's for sure. Gary, you looked as if you were going to maybe ask Charlie something quickly there. Yeah, just just back there. because and Well, I suppose my first question is, Daryl, how much commission are you on? Because literally you're tipping every horse from Ditchett this week. Like, I just, <laughs> yeah, literally never I'm, does that. I'm, I just oh, want to get, get, get an invite. invite. I'm trying you know? to get an invite to the yard. Jeez, <laughs> you, know want, huh? you know what? He wants like a, a nice, unexposed, we don't know much about them type of horse that might be third degree to one for the Fred Winter. And then Daryl's going to absolutely lump on because he hopes that Charlie's going to be his friend after taking all the horses this week. <laughs> Wait, me and Charlie well, got no, a deal. Not for the Fred Winter, but I got a 33 to one for a different race. But yeah, that's my boy. See, that's my boy. Charlie! <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk after, Charlie. <laughs> um, I suppose my my one question, right, with Brave Man's game, last year he was withdrawn because the, the ground obviously went very soft mm. and all that. If that happens again this year, I know we can't control the weather and stuff like that, but... I just, I just think the Irish, some of these Irish horses are much more hardened to proper soft heavy, and it's the same with same with other English trainers horses. I'm not just pin, but I just think the Irish horses are just so much hardened to these proper winter conditions, and that's that's what it turned up with last year on the Friday, wasn't it? You know, well if on the it, Wednesday it, or whatever. Yeah, he's gone from if it did turn up soft like like it did last year, and it was a proper slog, that would be a concern. There's no doubt about that. You know, it would sort of, I think, blunt his assets. You know. Charlie, don't One you thing think is, that soft would be fine, but if you know genuine, just soft ground. But if yeah. it starts to turn heavy, then there's that's when it's yeah, definitely. Stuff. If if it was like it was at Kempton, it was soft ground at Kempton that day, wasn't it? You know, I, I don't see that being an issue. But if if it the heavens open like they did on that Wednesday, and it just turns yeah. into proper proper soft ground, and it's just a slugfest, that possibly wouldn't suit him as much. But is there you know, any reason? There's probably leave? a lot. I don't think that would suit Galloping Deschamps either, or some mm. of the others. So. Is there any reason you didn't leave him in the Ryanair with that as a backup? Daryl, you and the bloody I... Ryanair. <laughs> Someone's got to win it. I, I think King George, you were like, no, he's wrong. No Gold Cup, no Gold Cup. Wins of King George, actually, yeah, we don't want the Ryanair. <laughs> and now we're going back to square one. We, it was definitely under consideration. There's no doubt it was under consideration. But, you know, we thought we'll stick to our guns. We, we believe in him fully and we're, we're all systems go for the Gold Cup. I kind of feel like this is a general point, but any horse, if they really don't go on heavy ground or they really don't go on good firm ground, whatever it is, you could run them over any trip and they will not win. Because if they do 100%. not, you know, if, if they're uncomfortable, it doesn't matter whether it's two, three, four miles, if they do not like the ground, and it's obviously when it's extremes, I think it doesn't matter. You know, if, if it was heavy and he was running in the Ryanair, I don't think we'd see him at his best because he doesn't like the other thing I think people also forget and don't get me wrong totally different test altogether but the Charlie Hall at Weatherby people for some reason almost think Weatherby as a, as a um, flat track it is not Cheltenham do not get me wrong but it is a, quite a pull from turning in to the line and until I actually rode there myself I didn't really appreciate how stiff it actually is Jerry, obviously, you've ridden there um, a lot more than any of us put together. Um, but it has been effectively a path to the gold cut for plenty of horses, especially from um, the Paul Nichols yard. But I suppose 
you know, he, he has come up a hill perfectly fine before. So you kind of have to slightly leave that until he's unproven on it, I guess. Yeah, and I think it's one of those, like, I don't think he's been campaigned on purpose to, flat, to stay on flat tracks. And I think it's probably just one of those things that the media and people can, it's one of those questions they can ask straight away, isn't it? Oh, will he go up the, will he come, will he come down? Like, good things, what are we getting up the hill? Some horses that don't get up the hill, they don't go mm. down the hill, which is very yeah. important too. Um, so yeah, I, I, I actually don't worry about that with this horse at all. Um, his jumping is so good. He's so good in tight. If he's one of those, if he's a very exuberant jumper, you know, I'd be a bit worried, but he's so good in tight. He doesn't, he spends as little time in the air as possible. He's, he's, he's an, an immaculate jumper. I wouldn't worry about that personally at all. Um, no, that wouldn't bother me whatsoever. And Jerry, another one that, um, putting on some good jumping displays, um, Protectorat, who, as we mentioned, if the ground does go particularly testing, he won't mind that at all. Um, he's currently eight to one, obviously ran well in the Gold Cup last year. Where would you stand with him? Yeah, I think he's, I think the skeletons, they've gone a bit quiet, but I think they're really excited about this horse. I think they think this is the one that's really going to put him on the map, Gold Cup-wise. Um, it'd be just interesting where he goes. I'm not too sure where he goes beforehand. He'll hardly go straight to the Gold Cup. I'm not too sure where he'll go beforehand, but he's a horse I really like. Um, I still think he still is a bit to find, uh, probably even on ratings, but just, you know, in proper grade one company, I think it's a bit more to find. Um, I suppose the other horse that I'd be kind of just interested to hear your thoughts on is, is Noble Yates. He's a horse, you know, he's kind of defied the whole, you know, once he's won the Grand National, he's he's won a few races since and everything. But I just, he's the kind of horse he could just pop up in the Gold Cup. I, I'm not a massive fan of him, but I just wonder what you think of him. We see him at Lingfield um, on their million weekends. Yeah, millions. Um, yeah. So he, he's obviously going to appear again. And I imagine he'll, after that, all being well, go obviously straight to the Cold, cold Cup, depending, obviously, on, on how he runs. Um, Daryl, what did, did... Well, I suppose we've kind of chatted about Aintree previously, but what did you make of the Aintree run, obviously, in comparison to now the Gold Cup path? Of Noble Yates, um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought the I thought the entry one was brilliant. I, I really did. I, I thought he was the one. I didn't know he could quicken like that. Um, and the way he quickened coming coming from three out to the finish was just really really eye catching. Um, I'm not sure it, if Noble Yates knew he could quicken like that either yeah. until until Sean put, uh, pulled the stick through and then suddenly he just found a gear he didn't know he had. And I looked like he had a rocket up his ass for the last three furlongs. <laughs> um, but he's a nice horse. He'll stay all day, won't he? He'll jump. He'll travel. Well, actually, I say he'll jump. He'll travel. He can get in a little bit tight to a couple of fences, and. That I suppose that would be just a slight concern. Would he be able to get? Would he get shuffled back a little bit in the pack? Um, the thing with the Gold Cup is, it's those first three, four fences are so important. You need to be in the sort of the the first half of the field. You can't make a mistake if you get shuffled back. It's all hard work from there on out. And I mean, you can look at horses at big prices in here that down here, but you know some of them they do have jumping issues and one or two mistakes it's just going to it's going to see you out of the loop once you're over them first four fences you're going to be able to sit there and just sort of travel but you need to jump well straight off the bat um he is a good jumper i know he's a grand national winner so it sounds silly to say he's not the, the greatest jumper but you can brush through those national fences um he was good at entry but there was once or twice where i just sort of thought oh but the way he quickened up you, you can't you, you know you can't knock him um really too much but that that would just be i'm just trying to work out now at the moment how the race is going to be run who's going to be sort of ridden prominently where a horse is going to be sat in there as we set off you know because i think it's so important could a horse in your cause a bit of carnage if he jumps off down the rail in front jumps right at the first four wipes everyone out oh, you can see it 
That's no disrespect to Earl Hoyt and York, because I used to really be a fan. But this year, he has really disappointed me with his jumping. I won't lie. Yeah, he's shocking, isn't he? You know, the, the best thing I thought that Bryony did in the King George, and full credit to Frodon once again for running an absolute cracker, but she was sharper. I say she, Bryony and Frodon as a combination, were sharper over the first couple. And as soon as she managed to get a length clear of a Hoyt and York, she went over to the rail and mm. headed him. And as soon as he was in behind a horse, he spat the dummy out. Yeah, that's what And he does. I feel like they're going to have to try to do similar. I'd be surprised if anyone lets him line up inside of them because... I'll be surprised if he him. gets round. I'll be surprised if he gets round because he's going to go hell for leather the first couple of fences. He's probably not going to get the lead that he wants and, uh, yeah. and that, the same thing's going to happen. Um, Charlie, have you heard anything about um, Protector Act um, where he goes, you know, chat on the race course or anything? I, I heard he might go to the Cotswold Chase um, mm-hmm. on Trials Day. There's a potential that he could go there, apparently. But So, yeah, he's obviously a very good horse. But I just wonder if he just lacks that 5% class you'll need in a Gold Cup. If, if the ground was, you know, on the slightly better side, I just wonder if he'd, you know, the, he'd just get run off his feet a little bit. And as much as he won that, that Betfair Chase, and don't you know, it's a grade one and everything, and, Aplutard coming out and, and throwing in an absolute stinker did massively hinder the rate the form of the race. You know, I think if you if you put him, you know, in a in a in a, in a King George, you know, it doesn't the form wouldn't stack up as well, I don't think personally. Uh, you just mentioned quickly there a Plutard. Um from I guess a sort of yard's point of view, when you have a horse that has a knock, a setback um en route to obviously such a huge year, once again, the plan back to the gold cup can that cause huge problems or do you feel like put a line through it we'll get him right and it'll be fine i think you could it's easier to i think put a line through haydock you can do that sometimes horses can have off days you know traveling over anything could happen the fact now that he's had a setback and he's gonna i think they've said he's gonna have to go straight to cheltenham that would worry me quite significantly more um you know that's that could cause quite a, a hindrance to his sort of getting him there in one in the tip top form, and I would be nervous of that. But Henry de Bromed's a master trainer; he, if anyone can do it, he will. But it would it would concern me the fact that they are going straight there off the back of a bad run. It's it's not what you ideally want, no. After all of you know the, the chat about him um, over the weekend, obviously disappointing Hader. I thought it was crazy he was still as short as eight to one personally. Um, Daryl, what do you think about a Plutard as a horse going to race fresh? I mean, is his form fresh good enough? Yeah, it's not. It's not so much his fo- sort of form. I'd be worried about go- going here fresh. He's, he's got a fair record on the back of a break. It's just, it's more so that this race is going to be run completely different to how last year's Gold Cup was run. So last year's Gold Cup was run very steadily um, for much of the contest, and it almost turned into a sprint coming down the hill. Um, and obviously, being a former sort of two miler. He, he had that turn of foot that a lot of others in the race perhaps didn't. Whereas mm-hmm. this year you've got some out and out stayers, Lahon Presse, Noble Yates, Brave Man's Game, Protector at Statler's not going to want to hang around, you know, Manila Indo. These are these are horses that are, are going to really be going hell for leather for a long way. This is going to be an old school sort of gold cup, you know. Uh, I said it before, like, like the old Native River when he run the gold cup, you know, when it's a real slog real slugfest I think um, and I think stamina is definitely going to come to the fore this time around and for me I, I'm just not entirely convinced about a Plutard in, in that regard 
Okay, we've obviously done the sort of um, main few in the top part of the, the um, market. Uh, just before we wrap up, wanted to touch on two other horses really quickly. Um, one, Jerry, 33 to one, Shiskin. There's obviously been plenty of chat about Shiskin having the Gold Cup and the Ryanair entry. Um, there's also been chat about him obviously having a slight alteration to his wind. Um, nothing we've obviously heard before about his wind. Um, where do you stand with both of those things, Gold Cup and the wind operation? Yeah, I suppose we kind of debated whether to put him in the Gold Cup or not. Um, but I suppose, and it's probably more interesting the fact that he's not even in the champion chase, so he probably will never run over two mile again. Um, so yeah, he's in the right now. He's in both. Uh, he did have his pallet fired last, well, a couple of weeks or now, whatever. So it's, it's only minor. He's back cantering now and everything like that. He's in. You know, that was only a very minor operation. It's just something that we looked at, and to be fair, the the surgeons looked at it and says it'll definitely improve him. So um, it had to be done, and, and it's probably good timing. Whether we get a run into him now before. Cheltenham itself, it'll probably be tight, but we'll we'll try our best. But I'd have if you look at this horse's pedigree, it's all about stamina. Like I'd have no bother running. I know he's been running over two miles, but I'd have no bother running this horse straight over three miles. Um, wouldn't be ideal maybe going straight into a gold cup. Obviously, that would be a bit bit of a shot in the dark. But we'll just see how he comes out in the next couple of weeks. Um, we just have a bit of question mark about the horse in general. I'm not having that, Jay. Come on, where's he going? Ryanair or Gold Cup? Stop messing if, I had, if, if I had to guess now, I would lean towards the Ryanair. Do you, do you not think that almost similar to what happened um, with Altior and Surname, the race with an Ergaman left a mark on him? Because I know he obviously had um, the sort of very rare bone condition, yeah. whatever it was, um, that was found after the Cheltenham last year. But ultimately we have not seen the same sparkle in the horse. And when some horses have such a grueling race, they can't come back. Yeah, I, I like it's a fair point. And it's one of those, some horses, maybe they don't, they disappear for a year or whatever like that. And they do end up coming back again. So it'll be just interesting. He's in, like, like prior to getting his window, he's in great form at home. His work had been good. We were kind of looking forward to running him at Kempton um, this weekend. That was kind of the initial plan over two and a half. But obviously with just getting his wind sorted and stuff like that that's been pushed back but like I said if 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 someone said to me now that they had to have a bet an anti-post bet from a challenge I'd be backing them for the Ryanair as opposed to the Gold Cup I just think the Gold Cup is, is it's a brilliant race this year um, so I just think yeah probably the Ryanair would be the race I'd be leaning towards running them in anyway um, The last one I just wanted to chuck in um, quickly was Royal Pagai who ran a cracker after pretty long uh, layoff I guess seasonal reappearance in the King George he's 33 to 1 at the moment as you said, Daryl, it could end up being a real test of stamina. And that's one thing this horse does have. Um, I don't know if 33 to 1 is overpriced at the moment. Uh, I suppose you could argue you could argue that case. Um, the, the, the concern with me with him is again is the jumping. If you watch him in the Gold Cup last year, he clattered nearly every fence on the way round. So he did remarkably well, really, to finish fifth. Um, but uh, I can see him getting taken out of his comfort zone pretty early. Um, in this this year so that would just be my worry but yeah I, I suppose you could sort of make a case that he's a little bit overpriced yeah I think it's fair to say he's not going to be on your e absolutely not no <laughs> <chance>. <laughs> um, Charlie last one on the Gold Cup for you I'm pretty sure you're going to be staying loyal to Brave Man's game but who ultimately do you feel is the biggest danger I think it 
I don't, I fully believe in Brave Man. I think I think he's going to take a heck of a lot of beating. But I think Galloping Deschamps is is the one. You know, he's he's just got that something a bit different from all the others. And if if he does tick those boxes that he's got to tick, and he will take, he is just the one with a little bit extra. I think so. It's definitely him. The, he's the, the one that would worry, make me nervous anyway. Yeah. I just wanted to ask you quickly about Brave Man's game actually as well. Um, at Kempton, he was noticeably better um, and not so sweaty or worked up compared to Weatherby. Obviously, it was his second run of the, the year at Kempton. But would it concern you at all the bigger atmosphere and everything at Cheltenham, the longer walk from the stables to the pre-parade? And will he be, once again, in and out of the parade ring as quickly as possible? I think the, the, the Cheltenham Festival does have an atmosphere unlike any other, doesn't it? You know, But we'll make a plan. We'll, we'll try and do the best that we can do to to put him in the sort of position to perform to the best, whether that's we get him late into the paddock again and out quickly and, you know, we'll keep his red hood on and, and just do everything we can to keep the lid on him. But he was noticeably, even Scott said, Harry said, that's the most relaxed he's been. So hopefully he's just sort of taking it in his stride now and he'll be able to walk around quite as a lamb and fingers crossed he'll take it all in. Whether it be possibly was just a bit of freshness as a seasonal yeah, exactly. as well. Exactly. He, he seemed to, however, want to get down to the start, fall asleep again. It's just yeah. that in between. Once he was down there, I, I was down there walking around, making sure that he was all fine and he was he was happy as Larry. And I think it it's not the actual, it's more he just wants to get on with it. As soon as he's let go and he's cantering, Harry says he, he's absolutely fine. He goes back to sleep. It's just when he's being held on to, he just, he just wants to get on with it and he's up for it, you know? So, Charlie, he, if you, sorry, Meg, Charlie, if you could only run one horse. Uh, Cheltenham out of Tamaris, Hermes Allen and Brave Man's Game to give you your best chance of a winner so you can't just be fa- pick favouritism, who would it be? Best chance of a winner? I think best chance of a winner has got to be Hermes Allen. You know, don't get me wrong, Brave Man's a brilliant horse, but the Gold Cup is such a tough race. It's, it's, you know, it's the pinnacle, isn't it? Whereas Hermes Allen, I think he's got the strongest form of all the novices this year in England and Ireland. Um, he acts around Cheltenham. We don't have a problem worry about the ground. He's such a chilled out, laid back horse. You could Harry can ride him wherever. He won't get overawed by the thing. He's got so many things in his favour. And there's not really been a horse, I think, at the moment that's come out and said, look, I'm the one that's going to take him on. Okay. I was like you. I thought Glencare West was going to be that horse. I thought he was going to come out in Ireland and, and say, look, I'll take you on. But he didn't. So I think at the moment, on, on everything that's been shown, he's head and shoulders above everybody else for the, Bally, for the Ballymore. And he's the one. If if you make me choose one, he's the one I think I'd go, I'd go with. Yeah, did yeah, I push you that hard? <laughs> I, I, you know, it, it's, he's mad. He's he's a brilliant, brilliant horse, and he's done nothing but surprise us. And I know it's been said in the press, but before this season, like we were we were getting him ready to run, and we were sending him to Stratford, and he'd shown us nothing at home, and we were so worried that he was going to be a, an expensive an expensive sort of dud. But he's done nothing but improve from run to run, and and now he won a Chalo coming out of third gear and made them all look ordinary in behind, you know. be interesting to see if Grange Clairview does come back um, out again. Obviously, they have to get rid of that cough or whatever was is slightly wrong. Whether it gets another run before um, the festival or not would be interesting because I, I think we'd, you know, providing he was A1 next time, we'd, we'd learn a bit more. But it could be that he goes straight to the festival um, if they don't have time to obviously clear whatever that is up. Um we're going to have to start wrapping up now. Um, we have had a great chat 
about obviously the Gold Cup mainly amongst all the other horses from the last week. Um, so everyone is going to be getting £20, do whatever they like. Um, please, Gold Cup horses only. I know we spoke about loads of others. A sport, sports book or exchange bet, and we will obviously, as Daryl and Jerry, you know, crown the winner post Cheltenham between us. Um, Charlie, the um, unfortunately for you, if you do choose a winner, the money is all going to the IJF, which is brilliant. Um, so uh, you're not going to be any richer, but the Interjockey's Fund certainly will be. Um, so I'm going to start with you, Charles. Can we have your pick? What, whatever you'd like to do with your £20, uh, £20 for the Gold Cup, please. I'm going to go £10 on Brave Man's Game. I've got to stick with the home team. And then I'm going to go £5 each way on Statler. National Hunt nice. Chase horses have got a good record in Gold Cups. Um, I think he'll be suited by the race and I can see him running very well and, and at least running into a place. So nice probably finish second to Brave Man's game, you know. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Daryl. Yeah, I'm 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 very much with uh, with Statler at the moment. I think ten to one's a very fair price about him. I think you could argue a case it should be a bit shorter, stays, jumps, travels, um, won't mind what the ground does, lots in his favour. And Jerry? I'm gonna go ten pound each way on Noble Yates. Oh, this is really frightening. I really want to go Brave Man's Game, but I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> so I don't know if that's if I should just leave it and say protector at each way at eight to one because I think he could run into a place. And then obviously I can still take the glory if Brave Man's does win. <laughs> just the IJF are going to miss out. So I'm not going to jinx Brave Man's Game, although I'm making it clear to anyone who's listening, I still think Brave Man's Game is going to win but I'm not jinxing it. So I'm going to go protector at eight to one each way. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, weird theory, but we're going to go with it for now. So Charlie, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you everyone who has tuned in. Quick reminder to everyone, we have Racing Only Better previewing all weekend action on Thursday and also weighed in on Monday with the latest from around the world. Um, we'll be back next week once more, previewing more races ahead of Cheltenham. Um, my little pup has just woken up. We could just see his nose poking at us. Hi. Say hi. <laughs> um, much that more cat. control than what you had of your dog, Dara, I think. <laughs> um, but everyone as well, please remember to gamble responsibly. Um, and we will hopefully see you all next week. Thank you very much. <laughs>